your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Locked On Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day of the week. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matland. As always, I'm joined by the active stick, Laura Saban. We are coming to you after the Montreal Canadiens played, I'm going to call it a game, which I feel is being generous against the Boston Bruins, their first game in what feels like almost a month, even though that's not quite true. It didn't go great. But before we delve into the game, Laura, how are you doing on what is a becoming a cold, snowy evening here? Oh, it should be illegal for it to be this cold. <laughs> I uh, I was excited to see the Habs back and they had a great first few minutes. And then as they are want to do as the period the first period went on they continued to lose coverage and the boston bruins being a good team competent team took advantage of that so a lot of people were like i can't believe we waited for this but uh, i watched the whole thing it was quite eventful there were some sideshows but uh you know what at the end of the day we do have hockey news and we like that and uh we're very 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 eagerly anticipating some sort of developments on the gm search so that we can turn our attention to the future of the Habs. it it is kind of wild to me that this game was relatively tame and i thought the canadians were playing well and then the Habs went well that's enough of that crap and then immediately flipped the crap switch on and they got blown out of the water And I was on Game Over Montreal with Andrew Berkshire and Dave Kaufman tonight, and it was a lot of fun talking about it. And it kind of helped me put the game in perspective in that the the Hab season isn't great. We know it's not great, but there are still some things in this game to take out that are fun and positive. Like Michael Pozzetta against the Bruins has brought some of that spark and liveliness back to a rivalry that's been kind of cooled off for a couple of years now. And he did so in a way that he managed to get Patrice Bergeron, who is Captain Cool almost all the time, to take a dumb retaliatory penalty. And Pizzetta ended up scoring a goal in this game. And he talked after the game about having to battle every single day to keep his lineup spot and what's important to him. And I think that's a huge thing to put in perspective here is that there's a lot of guys fighting for not only playing time this year, but their future careers. And I think Pizzetta is one of those guys and we don't know what his future holds, but these kind of games, you can see how much it means to them. Yeah. The Habs were losing four, nothing when he scored, but those goals are important. Those moments are still important. And the big news coming out of this game though, above everything else is Jake Allen is injured again. He was injured on the first Bruins goal. It looks like he tweaked his groin, tried to stay in the game, couldn't stretch it out and had to leave. And Samuel Montembeau came in. It, it is, it's so tough. They, uh, Sportsnet showed a close-up of Allen's face when he was trying to stretch it out, when he realized it's not happening. And he looks just defeated. And it's got to be so tough 
because Jake Allen had a great role last year, had to then take over the net and had to carry a lot of the load, had to do that a lot this year. And he was playing so well. And it's like, he finally gets to come back. And then this is what happens. It's I, you can't help, but feel bad for the guy. He's doing whatever he can to help the team. And just misfortune seems to be lingering over the Canadians this year. That's exactly it. I I even called them the Montreal misfortunes. And you said that their luck is so bad right now that there literally is no word to describe just how many more things can go badly. I I think it's, it's understandable. This is a disaster nightmare of a season, but here's the thing though, is it already resulted in one form of change that we were looking for. Uh, And the silver lining is that it's going to continue to sort of propel that change. And I think the only unfortunate thing is that there are a couple of players that right now aren't able to find their game and we really need them to do that. But at the same time, on the flip side, there's a lot of rocket players that are call-ups and uh, they're having the time of their life and they're really, really just playing a lot. Like for me, uh, Dauphin, uh, I think, in tonight's game was was a positive you know as as much as you can find them so they are providing entertainment uh to us and the canadians made a waiver wire pickup that uh i thought was quite interesting i was wondering why now unless it's just for uh reinforcements i i think this is entirely a reinforcements thing like you have some guys that the rocket are now back and playing that they need guys back. They Here's the thing is we talked about how Jean-Sebastian D was the last player to not be called up. They tried to recall him and he was supposed to come up with Belzeal and Videmo and everybody else. And he had a false positive test and he couldn't travel. So there was a point in time where the Canadians had zero NHL contracted players to recall or that they could recall. And I know this goes back to that game they played that they shouldn't have, but if you want to know how thin this organization got, that is it. And we'll probably do a little bit deeper dive on Pitlick uh, tomorrow before our mailbag and everything. Once I get a chance to actually kind of look through who he is. But the big thing is, one, do not expect the same production in Montreal that he had in Minnesota. And at the same time, he's there to be a bottom six filling kind of guy. He's got some skill. He's got some speed. He'll ha- he'll be, you know, fun. And it's a body because the Rocket are back playing. They need guys. They played with almost an entirely ECHL lineup tonight against Syracuse. They won, but that's not a sustainable way for success. And that's how guys end up getting hurt, et cetera. So they're busy. The Canadians have stayed very busy. And speaking of busy, former general manager Mark Bergevin. Laura, do you want to tell our listeners about what's coming up in our the rest of the episode here? Yes. I spoke to Sarah Vampato of Locked On Los Angeles Kings about Mark Bergevin, and we tried to make sense of what is the new position that he's gotten in L.A., uh, talked it through with Sarah. I know, you know, that's that's it's the end of the Bergevin era here. But I thought that um, our conversation for me, I think, is interesting to our listeners because you can kind of see the way L.A. Kings fans are kind of scratching their heads over this move. And I tried to provide as much insight as I can 
Uh, I tried to be as fair as I can about about this. And so I hope that, you know, you enjoy listening to the conversation. Sarah's awesome. I really love being on her show. And I'm glad that this time we talked about something that uh, our listeners would know about and and maybe would want to hear about as well. And you're going to hear Laura and Sarah's conversation all coming up next. All right, so the Los Angeles Kings, I feel like, saw that every other hockey team on earth was getting involved in some sort of drama, and they decided, hey, let's get involved in our own drama when they announced that they were hiring Mark Bergevin in a consulting capacity as, like, basically the equivalent of, like, assistant to the regional manager kind of nonsense, uh, which basically took everyone by surprise. There had been no inklings about this, no rumblings about it. It just sort of happened. Uh, And so while we try to figure out what this means for the Kings, I figured uh, we would talk with someone who has spent several years uh, dealing with Mark Bergevin and uh, everything that he has done to a hockey team. So I've got Laura Saba from Locked On Canadians uh, here on the show, frequent friend of the program, fellow Phil Deneau supporter uh, today here to talk to us about Mark Bergevin. So thank you, question mark, for this (laughs) gift. (laughs) (laughs) I am always happy to join you but I have to ask your listeners do you like stay-at-home defensemen and fourth liners because that's a lot of what you're gonna get on our own podcast we talked about how the LA Kings, especially with their really good uh, prospect depth at the moment Uh, and they're sort of starting to evolve into the future of hockey or catch up with the rest of with the rest <laughs> of the successful teams. Yeah, I we talked about how this would be undoing a lot of that. We don't know exactly how much of the consulting is going to involve actual influence on the decisions. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it was really funny because just before we spoke, I was like, let me check in on what's going on at The Athletic. And Lisa Dillman has a piece that is literally like, why why in the world would they do this, essentially? (laughs) Um, And here's the thing. If you want to look at it from a purely hockey perspective, I feel like it is a comes out even sort of thing Mm -hmm. in terms of what Mark Bergevin did with the Canadians. He had some really good trades, some really good signings, and then a lot of duds. So it kind of evened out. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to look from a philosophy perspective, he falls in love with players that remind him of himself. Um, (laughs) And honestly, he wasn't what you need to win, right? You know, (laughs) in today's NHL, you need speed, you need skill, you need versatility. Mm -hmm. You need mobile defensemen. You need forwards that can back check all of that stuff. He likes grinders, fourth liners. He likes guys that he calls character guys. Mm -hmm. But in his mind, what character is, is literally blocking shots from what I can tell. (laughs) I'm being quite harsh here. Obviously, things ended badly with Mark Bergevin. The uh, market was coming off a huge high with a miracle Stanley Cup final run. And, you know, guys like Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, really coming into their own. Uh, Los Angeles Kings forward Philippe Deneau finally getting the attention that he deserved from the rest of the NHL. And he immediately followed that up by drafting somebody who had been convicted of a sex crime 
in Sweden. And uh, I think the market as a whole reacted with a lot of shock and disappointment. Mm -hmm. The fact that he did not see that coming, Mm -hmm. I think is a huge indicator, right? He keeps talking about character, character, character. He hired, you know, his goaltending or the, uh, I guess he was the senior manager of all the goaltending coaches, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with a history of domestic abuse. And I think from that perspective, it was something that, uh, you know, it's a little too soon for him to get another job in the NHL. Mm-hmm. As in terms of a hockey perspective, like I said, I do think it evens out. There are a lot of questions about the drafting decisions that he made other than the most recent, uh, most mm-hmm. notable ones. Uh, development was a problem in his during his tenure, but he did uh, turn it around later by hiring the right person who happens to be right now in Anaheim, <laughs> not helping us anymore. But, you know, he did learn from some of his mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, definitely, I think that from an on ice perspective, it really, I think, I think it just, to me, it doesn't make sense for Los Angeles is, is all. We're going to jump right back into Laura's conversation with Sarah Avampato of Locked On Los Angeles Kings in one moment. But thank you so much for making Locked On Canadians your first listen of the day every single day, folks. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march towards the NFL playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. And with it being a new year, there is a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure you use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. The thing that for me makes this like most is frustrating is like we have literally no idea what he's going to do with the team. The team did no media availability. They took no questions. They didn't do an interview. They just announced this, shoved it out into the ether, and then were like toodles see ya um and so it's like on the one hand like yeah Bergman was out of work for something like 42 days I think between getting fired by the Canadians and getting this this whatever this is uh obviously he's not shown demonstrated in any way that he has learned from any of these mistakes that led to him no longer having a job and the Kings have done this before like they brought on Ron Hextall a handful of years ago in sort of a similar consulting sort of capacity when he was in between jobs And he didn't really do much other than just occasionally Rob Blake could call him up and be like, hey, what do you think about this? And Hextall would give him an opinion. And so it's like, if that is the role that Bergevin is going to have of like every so often they chat on the phone and he gets paid, you know, a thousand dollars to talk on the phone for a day and just batting ideas around, but like isn't actually having any influence on the team or, you know, anything it like, okay, cool. Like, cause it, 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 many times these consulting gigs are just like, I'm doing my buddy a solid because he's out of work and, you know, Mark Bergevin, how you need to help him pay his mortgage because clearly he needs money, you know? So it's like, if it's that, if it's just like hockey bro doing a good thing for another hockey bro, as stupid as it is like, okay, fine. I don't care. You're not going to change this team any, 
you're just getting a paycheck to give your opinion to Rob Blake. But like, if he is actually going to have influence, then I have questions, especially like you said, over drafting. One of the things the Kings have done best is draft. Uh, They have one of the best prospects pools in the NHL for a reason. And, you know, if he's going to get his hands in, in that pie, I don't like that at all. Um, you know, there had been rumors. There was one that came out of, I think it came out of the Montreal media market that said that Bergevin had kind of a handshake deal in place to sign a contract to be the assistant general manager in the King for the Kings starting next season. Um, John Hoven, who is a Kings insider kind of reporter guy, uh, who has you know, fairly good sources within the Kings organization said that that's not true, that that's not actually happening. Um, but you know, clearly the rumor came from somewhere. So it, it, it is, it's frustrating because we just don't know. I don't know how much I have to care about this really is where <laughs> I keep landing is like, can I brush this off as just, you know, Rob Blake and Luke Robitaille doing, you know, a favor to a friend or do I actually need to care about Mark Bergeron making stupid decisions about this team? And also, <laughs> I did enjoy all of the memes and stuff that instantly came out about like Phil Deneau, who you know escaped Montreal, like because he didn't like you know he, he essentially said I didn't feel like I was wanted there. I didn't feel like you know they wanted me to come back. They weren't doing a good job of making me feel valued and then to turn around and like you know there's you know Mark Vergevan like popping up over the bushes to be like hey <laughs> like it's like I think someone someone tweeted something to the effect of like Phil Deneau has finally learned what the line you can check out but you can never leave means in the song Hotel California like <laughs> here he is again <laughs> you can't I love up. that <laughs> I love poor Philippe Deneau honestly like he's on a high he's being appreciated he's got a new baby on the way living the life in California which who wouldn't love that mm-hmm. and then now you know Mark Bergevin's back and to answer your question I don't know how much I should care about this <laughs> we're talking about this honestly when Mark Bergevin announced or didn't announce it was sort of part of the end of your press conference where he was talking about oh I'll just honor the last year of my contract mm-hmm. and then we'll see mm-hmm. it seemed like he already had his one of his feet out the door uh mm-hmm. he had one foot out the door and then you know I, I want to say it was Larry Brooks that reported that there was like the, the same handshake deal that we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier um that he was bolting for la this has been around for a while Mm -hmm. uh it it seemed very much like when the canadians fired him that you know any other team in the nhl would be thinking twice about how the unceremonious end to his montreal uh era Mm -hmm. ended uh i guess the la king still saw some value in him and i feel like this consulting thing is sort of it's a way for maybe them to gauge if he would actually be a Mm -hmm. fit in Mm -hmm. the front office to see how the communication goes, how the vision goes. Um, But I personally, honestly, like if you're going to call up Mark Bridgman and ask him, ask him what he thinks about a thing, like you're essentially going to get all of your players are going to be Dwight Kings. Oh no. No. He's going to love that. You know, (laughs) that's the kind of thing he's going to advise you to get Like he's obsessed with that kind of stuff. He stalks his teams with that kind of stuff. 
And it's like, bless all of their hearts. I'm sure those guys are really good guys and they have good characters and all of that. But if you want to win, you have to play the Mm -hmm. hockey of the present and the Mm -hmm. hockey of the future. You're not going to win games in 2022 playing a 2002 hockey style or 2004 (laughs) hockey style. I keep saying that on our podcast and Mm -hmm. now saying it on your podcast. (laughs) Yeah, and I think, like, the other additional wrinkle that has Kings fans kind of going, like, hold up, what's happening here is that this is uh, the last year of Rob Blake's contract as general manager of the team. Um, and every everything seems to indicate that he's going to be signing an extension and, you know, that the ownership is happy with the direction he has steered the team in. But, you know, that's the first thing that you think of whenever you hear that this guy who, regardless of what we think of his body of work, who is an experienced NHL GM and respected around the league, sort of maybe, I guess, um, is, is coming <laughs> Well, there were hockey men, right? So they, right. they probably do still respect him right. despite all the, yeah. And, and so it's like, you know, that's the first thing you think of is, is he there? It's like whenever a team brings in an assistant coach who is like experienced NHL head coach and like, oh, he's just here to assist on the bench and like, the actual head coach, like there's a ticking time bomb waiting to go off of, well, if I lose my job, I know who's taking it. So it's like, (laughs) it's that part of it. Like, but yeah, I mean, I feel like the one thing I think of uh, uh, positively of Bergevin is that he does occasionally fleece people on trades. And like, I think specifically of the trade that he acquired Phil Deneau with, like that trade was a disaster for Chicago. Like they never should have made that trade. Um, it was so good for Montreal though. (laughs) And so it's like, you know, if that is the kind of, and I I think Rob Blake has done well enough on like with trades on his own. Like I haven't, there haven't been too many where I've been like, Oh, this sort of stunk. Um, they've all sort of had a point to them. Um, but you know, if if (laughs) they've all sort of had a point to them, right? I mean, you know, like, you know, some of them, you know, the trade for Tyler Toffoli, like that has paid off with, you know, good draft picks and prospects that are now making an impact on the system. Like there have been moves that I'm like, okay, like this is, this is good. I'm, I'm not questioning this. Um, but you know, another voice in the room to kind of help work a trade along, like, okay, cool. Like I'm fine with that, but yeah, it's just, I I'm just so frustrated by the fact by the fact that like the team has not said a word about any of this and they're just like here's our press release we're going to leave you all to question this but not actually answer any of the questions. Yeah. Yeah, that that was I think that's kind doesn't that feel like an indicator as to how mm-hmm. they feel about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they know that, oh, yeah. that they know it's going to be met with with questions mm-hmm. and quite uh quite likely disapproval. Yeah. And like they, I feel like they also like snuck the news in over the weekend. Like, yeah, everything indicated like we don't want to talk about this. We're just doing it. We have to announce it because we can't like keep it a secret. But we're not going to talk about it. We're just, you know, here's the news. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Oh man. Well, thank you for your insight on Mark Bergevin. I'm sorry it wasn't more positive. (laughs) Right. Like, I'm hoping that we get the version of him that, you know, stole Phil Deneau from the Blackhawks and and not the version of him that, like, drafted a sex offender. Like, that'd be cool. 
to yeah. <laughs> to have that. I agree. One. I agree. <laughs> um, for people who want to hear about about the the side of this from you guys's point of view, that's not grammatically correct. Uh, for people who want to hear about this from the Canadians' point of view, uh, where can they find you and your show and everything online? So. I obviously co-host Locked On Canadians with my co-host Scott Matla. Exciting times in Montreal as they are interviewing for a new GM to replace said Mark Bergevin <laughs> that we just talked about. So if you want to follow all of that and, and see how that is, you can find Locked On Canadians wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Well, thank you for your insight as always. And uh, I hope Tyler Toffoli is doing well. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. You know I love coming on your show so much. And yes, he is. He's practicing finally. It's non-contact, but he's going on the seven-game road trip with the Canadians. So he's doing better than he was just a few short weeks ago when he was reportedly going to be out for like months. Yeah, our boy is alive. Uh, I know Laura is extremely grateful for Sarah's time. I am as well. Please go check out Locked on LA Kings. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matla. You can find the show wherever you get your podcasts. And when you are done making us your first listen of the day, please check out Locked On Bets. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling have all the betting advice you need to make sure you're coming out on top on whatever you are doing in the sports betting world. Go check them out. They're free and available on all podcasting platforms.